everyone, this is Ashley. Do you want to say hi? Hi, everyone. How's everyone doing? Uh, <laughs> I'm going to respond, but in yeah. your hearts, you do. <laughs> um. So I actually, I know you kind of through mutual friends and we've crossed paths like a couple of times, especially in college. Um. Right. But you and I think I most closely have two friends that we know, which is Jessica and Michaela, <laughs> which mm-hmm. we both probably cross with the most. Um, So I know you pretty much strictly as a singer um, based off of which if that's what you went to school for. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Can you um, speak on first? I guess. Can you give us a little overview of what your career looks like right this moment? Yes. um, I am a singer performer uh, full time over at uh, Epcot, Walt Disney World and surrounding areas but full-time my job is at Epcot um and I've been there full-time since January of 2022 so just a little over a year now um and yeah I'm there four days a week and the rest of my week is rarely ever off fully off um as I like to have the opportunity to do other uh other things other events other gigs and i've been blessed enough with a community that asks me to do so um in in many capacities i i i genuinely am often like surprised that people even are interested in what i have to offer in my talent or uh this and that uh, but I do find myself a bit overwhelmed with my um, with my own schedule sometimes. And it's it's a good problem to have uh, one that I never thought I would have, but one that I have found myself in for the past, I would say, almost three years now. And that I find myself extremely humbled and grateful to be in. Do you feel like um, that? do you feel strung out a little bit? <laughs> like, to be honest, like that's a lot of days to be working yeah. and it's physical, your job. I think people don't understand that being a singer and a performer is very physical. It's a very demanding on your body. Yeah, it certainly, it certainly can be. There are certainly more, some cushy gigs here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, for the most of it, I do find myself really exhausted. Um, mainly here in Florida, there's a lot of opportunities in the surrounding areas as well. Mm. So there's a lot of times some traveling that I have to do. There are a lot of weekends that I'm just going like over three, you know, three hours driving one way and then three hours back in the middle of the night. Uh, uh, You know, it's just gigs here and there that are certainly worth it for me. And or I find them opportunities to uh connections with certain people in the industry that I think are worth you know that time in my schedule so do I do find myself exhausted sometimes more than other times I certainly think that um the holidays are just I mean an animal in and of their if in and of its own you know it's it's just a whole nother capacity I feel like of exhaustion but one that I've gotten to do for several years now as um, a performer 
as that was my very first professional opportunity here in Orlando. I was, you know, able to get, as some people call them, holiday gigs. Mm-hmm. Um, even in uh, my senior year of college, I started professionally gigging during the holidays, like consistently. So yeah, there's a lot yeah. of seasonal work here in Orlando. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Even, you know, I had a period of time where I lived in New York and it was in 2019 where I was just like really wanting to venture out and I felt called over there. I I really felt as though God was calling me to go over there. It was just a different season in my life. And though technically not a lot came from it because I came back for my seasonal gigs here and then I had to stay with COVID, Mm -hmm. I just know that that was a formative time in my life it needed to happen I learned so much I experienced more than I had in many years of my life so I know that it needed to happen but even still like being over there the opportunities here in central Florida for work during the holidays or seasonal work Mm -hmm. more and uh yeah I'm I'm still here (laughs) Can you actually talk about New York a little bit? Because I feel like a lot of people in the arts industry and in the entertainment industry specifically, they either um, have the idea that they want to go to New York. It's kind of like this big glamorous dream that a lot of people have. And a lot of people will just like pack up and go with like 20 bucks in their pocket type of situation, you know? And I know that you and I both know people that have, that have done that. I personally have never had that particular draw, but I have a lot of other people do. So since you're someone who did that, even though you didn't ultimately stay, and I do think frequently people don't ultimately stay. Mm-hmm. Could you touch mm-hmm. on that a little bit about how that kind of formed your career? Oh my gosh. Yeah. So the biggest thing that I think is important for me to to make a point out of is that I went over there without really much of a plan. I went over there without a job. I went there without house. Well, I technically had housing, but I needed like a few days before it kicked in Mm -hmm. because I moved on a, I believe, 12th of January of 2019. And I had nothing but good expectations of just, this was actually the first chance I was going to get to live out my adulthood. I had just graduated in 2018, um, May, And I knew that I was going to do holiday gigs here. So I stayed and did those. And as soon as those ended and on the 30th of December, I had my birthday was on the 6th. And so I kind of waited for that to spend it here with friends and family. And then less than a week later, I was out Mm -hmm. in New York and I didn't really have an idea of what I was going to do. I had many dreams, but I was someone or I am someone I'm kind of getting out of that. And I'm grateful for that. But I really struggled with knowing what I had to offer, just really trusting that I was a talented individual um, at that time. And I, I really struggled with the idea. I knew I had a lot of dreams and hopes and wishes, you know, to be in a lot of spaces. But up until that point, my only opportunities here in Orlando were during the holidays. Mm -hmm. I wasn't even looked at um, 
for full-time positions. I think people either thought I was too young or I didn't really fit the, the whole, like, I didn't really check all the, the marks for, for, for the list of an artist. I, this was, you know, in the 2010s, I think we were starting certainly to move towards where we are now in the early uh, 2020s, but I was a bigger girl. Mm -hmm. And um, during my, especially during my college years, I encountered some health issues and some of the meds that were given to me made me gain some weight, some significant weight. Now I was pretty young, but um, yeah, I, I was told by doctors that it was going to be difficult for me to lose that weight. It was going to be like two to three times harder for the average person my age, as I was pretty young. I was literally my like 19 when I started these meds. And what a sucky year or like part of your phase of your life to be told things like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like, you know, it's not impossible, but it's going to take a lot more than it would take any other 18, 19, 20 year old mm -hmm. to lose the weight that you're rapidly gaining because of, you know, your meds right now. So he was, he was very sweet. He was encouraging. He didn't want me to give up. Um, but he also didn't want it to get out of hand. He was like, you know, just watch out for it. Take it easy on yourself, but do try, you know, because I know it's only going to get harder. And he was like, it's hard now. It's only going to get harder. So it's certainly something that I kept in the back of my mind. And I I was out there auditioning, um, but wasn't really looked at. Now, mind you, I will say I didn't go out for as many things as I should have because I really struggled with, again, knowing and believing that I had something worth investing in mm -hmm. for a company. Um, but for my senior year I of college, I kind of made it a point to lose weight, uh, to try really, 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 really hard. And it wasn't the losing weight part that I was super worried about. I did. It was a, like one of the biggest motivators, but I really just wanted to get healthy. Mm -hmm. I wanted to get into my adulthood. I was going to turn 21 and I was like, I want to give myself a good shot at this. I want to be healthy for this. And I want to help myself out because I know it's only going to get harder. So it was really a mentality shift. And once I make my mind up to do something, I'm most likely going to mm -hmm. work really hard for it. Um, so once that shifted, because I did end up losing that first year, I did end up losing 50 pounds, which is pretty significant. Yeah. Um, and I was auditioning for things here, but if I'm honest with you, again, I didn't audition for as many things as I should have back then. Um, so when I moved to New York, I was very hesitant. Now I had my equity card because my opportunities here in Orlando, they did give me my equity card, mm -hmm. which was a blessing in New York. Can you so I just really quickly, can you tell people, a lot of people probably don't understand what you mean when you say equity card. Can you run that down <laughs> for them a little bit? Yes, yes. So Actors Equity is a union that represents actors and performers. Um, and it creates a space for um, advocating, you know, uh, there's a whole board and they advocate for the rights that 
actors have when it comes to getting paid, when it comes to accommodations, when it comes to um, really big things, because for many, many years, we didn't have that. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people would take advantage of the talented individuals by not giving them a fair rate, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, how- on, on the costuming side, I know that when actors and performers are, when we're working with an equity cast, there is a different set of rules. Most theaters use this equity set of rules regardless, but when it comes to like um, actors wearing their own dance shoes in the show, we rent them from the actor mm-hmm. and we pay them and things like that. Those are kind of like those subtle differences as opposed to a non-equity situation um you all the health and safety stuff that's the same across the board and if it's not in the theater then it looks like oh that's a little questionable but when it comes to like pay rates and pay and like renting items because i know i as a costumer if a performer has their own dance shoes i know they're broken in i know they're comfortable i know i'm not going to get complaints i'd rather pay them for them to wear their own dance shoes than for me to buy them new ones and then they hate it the whole time you know right Right. Yeah. I feel like it just creates for a space of, you know, actors and performers to be listened to and valued in a sense where they feel as though they're not being taken advantage of. And there are some rules that will help you feel that way. Rules that are in place for, again, for theaters, for venues, for um, there's even like health insurance that comes with it. It's it's just it's it's it can be really really a wonderful union and i've been on the uh receiving end of it and it's it's been it's been great um especially when when outside of orlando and in that situation i was in new york and it really was super duper helpful i didn't know what i was doing in new york again i went with a few thousand dollars i think i had six thousand dollars and it was the most amount of money that I had ever seen, you know, in my bank account at once. And I thought, oh, I can, I can stretch that. I am so good at saving my money. And genuinely, I, I really can be good at saving my money and not overspending, but without a job and without having ever had to pay rent and things like that, it it was, it certainly hit, hit quicker than I expected it to, but I said, (laughs) Yeah, right. I know it seems so it it seems so naive and I truly was, but I'm grateful that I was that I bet on myself and I went out there, you know. It it was just such a yeah, such an experience. Um So yeah, New York was crazy. I tried out for things that um I felt comfortable doing and I didn't try out for certain things that I should have tried out for but it did validate me a lot I did get some callbacks for shows like Hamilton for shows like um uh West Side Story and and others here and there and it it was it was really really validating to me I I got to make a video or not really it wasn't the purpose of making a video, I had a voice lesson with Natalie Wise and that like opened some doors for me just to, for people to know who I was. I think um, when I was Google, cause I was trying to do like a little research before that, I'm pretty sure that video came up yeah. whenever I was like, just like Googling your name. <laughs> That's funny. That's so funny. Yeah. I mean, I got to perform only mildly up there but the opportunities that I did get were very well received and it was 
interestingly enough, very validating to me as a performer. Why? Because I feel like most people think that the talent in New York is completely different and it's separate and it's a whole nother, you know, set of skills and whatnot. Not really knowing that there is quite in the intimidating amount of talent here in Central Florida. I think people sure. really yeah. don't recognize that. But I think yes. people think it's like if you can make it in New York, you can make it anywhere. Um, but that surprisingly, I don't think people think of Florida as like an entertainment hub of any sort. I mean, of course there's Orlando, but like there really are, is a huge surplus of performers down here that people don't even like recognize. Massive even. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Some people never even leave here, central Florida, but they have these crazy, incredible careers, um, in it that are certainly worth acknowledging so mm -hmm. I didn't know that I had in me certain things that I discovered that I did have in me based on my experience you know here in Orlando and it and it was a really wonderful time of just discovery and um acknowledgement and empowerment so that's so lovely if you had like one big like takeaway from your experience in New York what would that be or something that you learned in New York that you that you would want to pass along to other people well New York isolated me from everything I knew and everyone I knew mm -hmm. I had the opportunity I had a few close friends up there Michaela our mm -hmm. our common still lives up there and it, she was of great help to me and I'm extremely grateful for her friendship um and I my childhood best friend was also going to college up there at that time but I did experience some real hardship and I feel like I struggle with I feel like inter quote-unquote interfering in someone's life when they're like also figuring it out or they're also young they're or they're going to school or they're going to work and they're very very busy even to the point where like I got kicked out of an apartment up there once <gasps> in the middle of the night but cool cool <laughs> mate that I had he I mean and by old I mean he was like 80 years old like he was an old guy and he just had a fit one night and he was very upset about something and he asked me to leave in the middle of the night and um it, it was rough you know what I mean like yeah you, you, figure it out thank god I you know had a friend here who had a sister that lived up there and she made calls for me because I it was in a five floor walk up with all of my things and I had to just grab everything put it in bags and <laughs> take several trips up and down the stairs wild that is a um, wild situation yeah it's certainly something that doesn't happen to many people and I can look back and laugh at it now for sure um but things like that that you're like this would have never happened elsewhere I feel like this is such a New York thing that <laughs> right that you said this will be great in my memoir later <laughs> I think it certainly was one of those moments that you're like, I, this cannot be happening to me. I cannot believe this is my life and yeah. not in a negative or positive way, just in a shocking way. Period. Right. Like right. just like your disbelief and shock. You said, am I in a sitcom? I'm confused. What's going right. on? <laughs> it's really happening. Um, but yeah, I mean, things like that. And it all it again it separated me it isolated me and those were things that I, I feel like as crappy as they were I needed to live 
that never would have happened here in Orlando. And I never would have been the person that I am now had I not lived through those experiences. And right. it made me really, really trust myself, even if I had no idea what I was doing, which I still many times don't. Mm -hmm. But just trusting that like, hey, you have to figure it out and kind of putting a little fire under my butt and being like, it's where, where are you going to sleep tonight? Figure it out. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like, yeah. It might take something. It took that very drastic moment in my, my life up there to be like, okay, like you've been figuring it out, but you have to now really figure it out for yourself. Like people did always step in and help, but it was time to like take manners into my truly my own hands mm -hmm. and uh, go for it. And I think that at 23 years old, that can really do something for you and teach you something major in life of like, how are you going to handle it in a crisis where it's just you? Because mm -hmm. many times we've been blessed by the, uh, you know, parental figures or just trusted friends that can help you. And mind you, my friends were upset. My friend from childhood, my best friend from childhood was very upset that I didn't call her. She was like, are you insane? Like, what mm -hmm. is the you? And I'm like, I'm sure you were like at a test or something. Like it was 10 PM. Right. Like, what are you going to do? You know what I mean? Like, what was I going to do? Haul ass over there with all of my bags? You know, like it was just, it didn't seem regardless of how crazy that moment was. I still was trying to make sense of it and for things to be like feasible and at that yeah. moment it feel like that was something that I could have done so I I just did it and I figured it out yeah well I'll tell you what if it ever happens to you again in your life you're gonna be like I got this now you know <laughs> that this that's a situation that like you can completely handle and you'll be fine listen yeah and again I I, I did have helpful people because I didn't end up having to go to a hotel or a shelter or anything yeah. like that I did have someone that stepped in and was like, okay, well, I think I can help you for a night. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I happened to have been talking with her when the quote unquote fight broke out for him. And she was like, okay. And I was like, I have no idea what I'm going to do. And she's like, I, let me see what my sibling is. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. It was really interesting. So I bet that mentality shift was particularly helpful when the pandemic hit and I'm sure that incredibly affected whatever plans you had for that year as a performer yes. can you speak can you speak on that on some shifts that you had to make as a performer when that happened yeah I mean the plan for me was to go back after the holidays it was uh I felt like my time in New York wasn't over yet and I was ready to go back you know I had told everyone up there I'm coming back like don't worry about it once I had found work and a uh, little group of friends I was like I'm I'm coming back I'm certain of it I'm just leaving for two and a half months and I'll be back just like any other gig I feel like many performers experience that right and um I however was waiting to hear whether or not I uh was getting full a full-time position here with the Voices of Liberty, which is what I do. Um, and oh, can you hear me? Sorry. I can hear, I can hear you. Yeah. I'm all in the middle of that. Um, so yeah, I was waiting for news because I really needed 
health insurance um, at the time. And yeah, so that extended my stay a little bit. I was staying, I believe the callback was in February up there and I did do it. I went up there, but I came back down. And when we were about to hit uh, here in March is when the pandemic hit. So I had to stay here and many of us weren't working. You know what I mean? It's just, we weren't. And it was very, very difficult. I think mentally more than anything, just because I felt as though I didn't have an, a creative outlet. I wasn't one of those that felt inspired often to like go on social media and record myself and perform and any of those things. Though it did happen, you know, I did have, because of how long it took for us to get back, I did have a few moments of wanting to put music out there and just wanting to sing, you know, because I felt like my heart needed it and and I got the opportunity to do that. And I feel like many, many of us were very receptive to that, to all of our friends being in that same boat. But it also was the time that the company, uh, Walt Disney World, let us go um, as performers. And it was really difficult. But for me, it was, I found a lot of calm and comfort in knowing that I wasn't alone in that one situation. Mm -hmm. And that's what made it different for me than my New York situations where I was really trying to figure it out and like, you know, swim upstream or whatever, you know, I was really just working hard. And, but I feel like this time we all were like the entire world and that made a that just gave me peace and gives you a sense of community correct correct and that was very 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 helpful not to like bypass the fact that it was an extremely difficult year but it gave me a lot of hope to know that a lot of meetings were going on a lot of um new and fun creative experiences were being created based on the knowledge that we had on the uh on covid and what we knew we could do so it was really really helpful to to hear about those things for me it uh, it kind of just kept me hopeful and i was surprisingly able to do uh how many things did i do that year in 2020 three shows i got to do three shows during the holidays nice. so it was even i think it was the first season that i got to do three shows at a time so again it was like I was working when everyone was back to work we were working we were having rehearsals masked we were in separate platforms to make it happen we were outside we were whatever it was we were doing it and that brought me a lot of hope because I felt like I wasn't really missing out on my creative outlet and or my source of income I did try to find work prior to that, but many people did, and it was difficult. And right yeah. when I was going to get a job, all my other gigs called from auditions and whatnot. So it just happened to work that way, and I know it was meant to happen. That year opened a lot of doors for me, and I felt very valued and very seen in this community because so many of us were trying to get find work and get work, and mm-hmm. I was lucky once to be able to work significantly during that season, so... I feel like um, one of 
there aren't a lot of pluses that came out of the pandemic, but I do feel like one of the pluses was that anybody that was a transplant in Florida, that maybe this wasn't their home base, they did go home. And I think it forced the entertainment industry in Orlando to really start looking at the grassroots performers and artists that already live here and already exist. And we, as the natives that were here, were the first people to get hired back, as opposed to when maybe previously they were looking outside of Florida for a talent base, when in reality, that talent base has been here the whole time. Yeah, I think it it certainly opened some eyes. Mm -hmm. And uh, right before that, I actually, when I went to, I, I actually went to New York to get work for here 29 2018 sorry so after I graduated college I went up there because I had been auditioning for the same gig here mm -hmm. and I even get a call back and I went up there for the same gig and I did get a call back that's crazy and to me what I was told in the room was you made a great choice by coming up here and made me notice you and though that Why? can be infuriating and it mm -hmm. was I was also at a point where I had just lost most of, you know, I had lost a significant amount of weight and I just think it brought me up in a different light and yeah. it can be frustrating to think about that. But had I not made that choice for me, I feel as though I would have been on the waiting list for even longer. Yeah. And it's interesting because I was here the whole time. You know what I mean? I hadn't lived there. I hadn't moved there. I, I was just really wanting them to see me and I think I couldn't make it for the audition here but I really wanted the gig so I was like I'm just gonna go out there yeah and I did I did get the gig and it opened all the doors <laughs> I feel like this brings up a good point though that um obviously there's a lot of mentality and society shifts that need to be made in this industry yes. but I yeah. think this brings up a really good point and drives home that there is this thought that only the serious and talented artists are in New York or Los Angeles or maybe yep. Miami, you know, yep. and that's it. And they don't exist anywhere else. And I've heard this from other people in other industries, especially from actors in film right now who yes. are due to the pandemic, everyone had to do like video submissions instead for auditions. Right. But there used to be this thought that like, if you want to be a professional, professional actor in film, you got to go to Los Angeles but right. it's freaking expensive to live it's, there. It's certainly, I feel like it's not even livable. I feel like people are breaking their backs to just have a freaking zip code yep. in order to be seen. And mm -hmm. I certainly think that that whole mentality needs to shift. The hub for talent here, mm -hmm. it's insane. And it's not like people aren't getting educated. Like we went to school. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah, there are plenty of performance and art and art schools down here. The South has it has its problems. Let's not be ridiculous. hundred <laughs> percent. Let's 100%. not even. hundred percent. But yeah. they're definitely not thought of when it comes to arts. And there's actually quite a few art schools down here. It's much easier for people to do, to live and afford to live and then still be doing all of these artistic yeah. things. It's really kind of an untapped section of our country when it comes to arts. Yes, I feel like I often find myself, especially at auditions or in the other side of auditions where I'm like, if I'm adjudicating something or whatnot, I find myself feeling like Orlando is just this mine that no one's tapped into. And we're just hidden gems, like yeah. left, right. You know what I mean? Like the talent I have, I know 
some people here, some good friends of mine that I feel like would 100% be the next biggest star. And they're just, no one knows about them. No one knows about them. And it's, it takes so much exposure. And I am grateful for social media now, because I do think that it has opened doors for many of my people, but it can be really frustrating because there is great amounts of talent here. And you mentioned that it is like certainly easier to live here. It's still not that easy. Orlando's no, expensive. It's not that it's, it's not that quiet. easy. It's easier than New York, but not that easy. <laughs> yeah. And LA for sure. But yeah. it's certainly crazy out here in these streets. Orlando's getting out of hand with yeah. these rent Our, Someone stop the rent prices. <laughs> Please. Someone. They're going crazy. <laughs> um can you um speak on just a little bit because you um your main source of income and your main performances are with Walt Disney, but I also know that you also participate in an acapella group that you've also been like featured on all this other stuff. Can you just touch on these other gigs that you participate in besides the your main full time gig? Yeah, um, so like you mentioned, I I'm a part of a uh, vocal jazz quartet called Resolve. Um, and that's certainly more of a passion project than anything. However, we have been able to um, make some profit out of it. And we've had some great supporters thus far that have made us uh, reach goals like, you know, the small amount of money that we raised a few years ago when we were trying to make an EP and we were able to make that happen. Um, And really, we just wanted to create music together and put some stuff out there because we genuinely are very passionate about it. So I have that outlet, which we just came back from a trip. Um, We got to be at a jazz festival um, in Washington state. And it was really, really beautiful to be received with such love and such admiration from these young artists and this wonderful community. It was really heartwarming and really lovely to experience that. Um, I've also had the opportunity to perform with a top 40s slash a wedding band or an event band. I've been doing that since I think mm, 2021. Yeah, since 2021. I believe I auditioned in 2020, but not many events were happening then. And so we just we got some promo out. We took some pictures and whatnot. And I've been with that band since. Um, and it can be quite profitable depending on what the event is. You know, we can have some, most of our events that are most profitable are going to be outside of here, central Florida. So it's going to be in Naples. It's going to be in St. Pete. It's going to be in Tampa, Miami. Those are where we're constantly traveling to. And that's uh, the group of people that are constantly like requesting us. I even had an event that that was going to be in one of the areas that were extremely affected by one of our last hurricanes and the uh, gig got moved to Ohio Mm -hmm. and they flew us out. You know what I mean? Like they, they really, really wanted us wanted us to be the band that performed at that wedding and it was just such a lovely thing to feel like we were wanted um that's so great so yeah these, these gigs i mean i have several other avenues as well i've gotten the opportunity to perform with uh voice play and we just did a live show back in february and it was extremely 
exciting to be able to do that as mm. I literally used to not even dream about opportunity. It felt so out of reach that I, I've always, I felt, I have always felt as though I am a very, um, like feet on the ground kind of person and just like head on my shoulders, just never really ahead of myself and just realistic with myself. And because of that, I kind of like, counted myself out of a lot of experiences that I have had the incredible pleasure and honor of being a part of later in life because my talent has taken me there you know what I mean like I, I never even dreamed of certain things that I've gotten to do but people have said my name in important rooms and it's been nothing but a blessing and it's 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 been a lucrative experience as well I've been able to survive off of these things and not only these are the things I think that really make it for me having a full-time job in the performance industry isn't always going to pay the bills I will say that like are you, you know, um I'm gonna start asking you some money questions if that's okay yeah for your um and I realized that when it comes to some stuff with Disney there's not everything you can 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 divulge so I understand that um yeah. with Disney are you on an hourly rate or a salary rate as full-time I'm hourly with them at the moment yeah is that typical for performers I most of my experience has been with that company and so that um that has been my experience. However, there is a difference and I do get to do a lot with Disney in general, mm -hmm. but some of my Disney opportunities are through third party mm. and that changes everything. That is That's not really, that is per show, per rehearsal, per gig, per event. And it changes everything. My full time, you know, one stage um, opportunity that I have there is hourly and that's contractual right because it's a regular performance that you're doing exactly and it's a w-2 you know that's that's where I get my health insurance taken out of and all the great things the benefits and whatnot the other events that I get to do even with that company through um third-party companies such as Hawk Moon such as No Drama Entertainment um and others mm-hmm are separate. And so they basically a third party event for me is Disney hires this company. So they hire Hawkboom, they hire No Drama Entertainment, etc. And that company then hires us as performers. That's and right. they have a rate for us for sometimes it includes all rehearsals and performances. Sometimes they pay us a set fee for rehearsals and they pay us a set fee for um, show days or it just really depends if it's an event that will take place within five days they will mm -hmm. let us know get paid this much for the rehearsal part of it and this much for the gig itself and it's all gonna come in one check for you things like that um things that can range you know from let me think um an event that will last four or five days can be something that's like $600 can be um, yeah, $600, $800. It just depends really on the gig. And sometimes you do a lot more work for less money. And sometimes I get asked to do one song and I get paid $2,000. Right. It you just know, varies very much. So from gig to gig. 
it very much varies to a point where I can't really give you like like two specific numbers because it genuinely varies from gig to gig mm -hmm. however I do know for myself and many others that have shared this that most of these third-party events are the ones that are most lucrative for everyone why because these companies usually and the ones that I have mentioned and have most experience with are companies that are made by performers mm. so these people have been in our shoes and now they're advocating for our rights and for what we deserve. And also they're trying to keep their company afloat. So they're going to ask for a certain amount of money and Disney not having to cast any of us, not having to worry about our schedules and book right. us. They, they only just hire the company and they let the company worry about it and they're responsible for it. So I think they, you know, it takes a lot off of their shoulders. Mm hmm. And I think that's worth it for them. And so yeah. they do pay big bucks instead of paying us an hourly rate, which sometimes, like, for example, I got to go abroad this past year with the company. So with my salary, with my, sorry, with my hourly rate. And so they pay me eight hours for both days that I was gone in a gig that I would have made probably thousands of dollars had I done it with another, you know, outside group with a third party group. That's gotcha. um, but I still, you know, it's still an opportunity that I wanted to take. You know, I had never been to that place that they took me to. Flew, you know, flew us out. And it was, it was still a great experience. Experience. So it's knowing the things that I'm willing to do, the things that I'm not willing to do for my time and my talent. Right. When it, when it comes to money, it's all about what you're, what you're trading it for. And if you feel like oh, what yeah. you're trading your time for is worth it, even if the money is a little bit less than like, absolutely by all means, it's when you get into those sticky situations where it's like the trade of my time does not feel <laughs> worth what's happening, what I'm being paid right now. Correct. And things that we have to think about that, you know, no one really tells you it's, you know, transportation, how much it costs for you to actually get there. If you're lodging yourself, if you're, you know, taking care of meals yourself, the gas, the tolls, the mileage, all these things, all the wear and tear of not only your vehicles and your um, computers and things like that, but your bodies like we are performers, which means we are not we can't do most things remotely, we have to be there, we have to be in um mental shape and in in you know physical shape as well to be there to present yourself because you are the product right right when you do these third-party contracts are they um contracting you on a 1099 so that yeah so you you frequently like most artists i'm sure owe taxes at the end of the year if your w-2 does not balance that out for you mm -hmm. yeah that can be the case i yeah, that can certainly be the case. I haven't had to do my taxes for that many years because for for many years I didn't make that much. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm just getting into now um, having to think about the things because I feel like things would always balance out pretty well for me because right. of most of my work not being W-2s. Mm -hmm. Um. And me being able to report all the things that I like truly genuine, like I had to spend this much on makeup. I had to spend this much on yeah. car. And I, and I think some performers, when they first get into it, they don't 
they don't even like realize that all of this stuff that they have to pay for in order to just like upkeep themselves, which is the product, like it can all be written off all of it. All the write-offs have really helped me when it comes to that aspect. Now this new one, now I'm, I'm looking to purchase a home. So my dad's like, we got to chill with the write-offs so you can actually have a decent, you know, a decent show that you can afford it. Exactly. So yeah, it's, it's certainly a learning curve and um, we're just all figuring it out. I, I, been it's been extremely helpful to have very honest people um in this industry for the past few years and just knowing and genuinely feeling I feel like the older that I've gotten I've really realized that even though to the outside eye it looks like people know what they're doing most people don't oh yeah yes (laughs) and it's so helpful it's such a like breath of fresh air because I'm like I see I'm I'm a very analytical person I like to look at people and be like why do you behave the way that you do why are you this way what makes you this way in a in a very genuine and um caring way I I feel like this helps me understand people yeah yeah and people in in higher up positions and realizing and recognizing like yeah, they just made that choice because they didn't know any other choice. They had no idea of what, you know, would be better in that instance. And this makes them human and it makes me relate so much more. And it's important to keep that when you take adult, <laughs> even though you're an adult yourself, when you take like people that have been an adult for longer than you off of pedestals and you realize and recognize that everyone is human, which means if you were in that situation, you probably wouldn't know what to do. You really, it changes everything. It changes everything. And tell me if you agree, because I, I feel like I, I've been in this industry for a while as well, just maybe in a different aspect. And Mm -hmm. I personally feel that from working with performers so frequently and being in theater and everything, that there is a shift that is happening on entertainment industry culture. And those that have been in this industry for, I would say over 15 years, they're, they're feeling some growing pains when it comes to these shifts. And when it comes to people in our age group being like, no, no, you don't get to treat me that way. It's not, the show must not go on. I'm not going to put up with, with the bullshit that this industry has trained all of us to put up with. Because yeah. the show must go on. I feel like that that whole idea is on its way out the window. We might have to like kick it a little bit to make it happen. But that I feel like that's where people that have been in this industry for a while, they've been told that your needs are less important than the overall show. And I feel like our generation is a little bit more like, I can't do my job for this show if we don't address my needs. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. There are many repercussions that are coming from that for particularly particularly the older generations Mm -hmm. I feel as though people our age who are now the you know adults that we are we are in our mid to late 20s now Mm -hmm. and we are creating a path for ourselves and even more so the generations after us I feel as though we've taken a stance to empower those around us even the older generations I have certainly seen them kind of nod and applaud 
at our quote unquote bravery of mm -hmm. just like speaking up, which is something that is very simple. And I'm very, very, very happy it's to be part of this community that is now no longer taking it because it's it's crazy. I, I remember having a revelation of like, I know so many people, so many people that I looked up to in my childhood that were so unhappy and it's devastating you know it's devastating to know that they stayed in a situation that were that they were completely unhappy mistreated and all of these things just so that they could quote unquote live because they didn't know what else to do they felt as though everyone had also things to look down on in their profession or be upset about so they felt as though it wasn't a fight worth fighting for like it wasn't yeah. something was worth you know dismantling or changing or stepping out of and that can be really really saddening it can be it's, really it's no shame to the older nope. generations at all no. they just weren't they weren't taught that they Correct. could um, yeah. and they didn't think that there was space to do it and I don't know that necessarily our generation was taught that as much as that we just decided we weren't going to ask for permission yeah you know what I mean and just shoot yeah. our shot and, <laughs> and yeah. hope for the freaking best and yeah. I think it has done really well for us and I think that yeah. even going beyond just like the conditions of being in the entertainment industry which let's be honest is traditionally very very toxic in a lot of different ways when it comes to pay as well people yeah. in general society in general think that artists don't deserve to be paid and I don't know why that is I, I wish that I could come up with a good reason but for some reason everyone just wants every artist to be a struggling artist yeah it's bullshit and it doesn't make sense and I think that now it's I've seen like a slight turn for the you know we have to get more comfortable with being like I'm sorry if you're not going to pay me what I need to be paid in order to buy freaking groceries because it's expensive <laughs> out here <laughs> then you're gonna have to get then you don't want me bad enough. You know what I mean? And that takes a lot of us, like you were speaking on earlier, of us finding our own value. Because if we don't see mm -hmm. our own value as artists, it's going to be we're really gonna... hard to say, to have that conversation. Correct, correct. Yeah, it's 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 really cool on the other side also to see the, the older generations be empowered by mm -hmm. this stance that we've been taking and that we've chosen to take because one of the things that makes me sad is is for people to like root you on and be like I so believe in you but when it comes to them they're like I I just don't think that that applies to me or I can't really yeah. I don't comfortable or I'm not really gonna make this an issue because I'm worried I'm gonna lose my job or things mm -hmm. like that so it's it's been they will, they will be like, you're young. You've got time to for this to not work out, yeah. you know? Right. Which makes me so sad because yeah. we all deserve that respect. We all deserve to be treated fairly and paid fairly and accordingly to what we do. The you amount know? of people that I've seen stay in a job because of the <laughs> benefits, because of the bare minimum pay that's meeting their needs, you know, even though they're clearly miserable clearly mm -hmm. miserable but they'll stay because of the benefits and the pay and let's be honest the company that is paying them whatever company it is they know that of course they do it's you know? like little thieves 
like literally if if you know people are once once you've made it known as a professional that you need this the company is going to drag you out like it's just going to continue to yeah. abuse you because now they know they can because you're not going to leave yeah. and it's this like whole power thing that i wish we could break you know that this whole system that we are certainly working on it and i'm grateful but there's so much more work to do even for the older generations mm -hmm. i cuz i deserve uh, not i deserve i believe they deserve that they they have a fighting chance and oh, it's, it's never not, too late to be treated not, with respect <laughs> yes like literally never it's never too late to stand up for yourself and just say things you don't have to be disrespectful you can say things like this just simply doesn't work for me and i feel as though i'm not being valued just like i said it mm -hmm. because yeah. it's your truth you know and what i mean you do love and if you love the position i know that i've previously for a position that I have applied for and the pay just simply wasn't there. I was like, listen, I adore this company. I adore everything that this theater company does, but to be completely upfront and honest with you, I cannot give this company a hundred percent of my effort at this pay rate because I will have to have a second job, which means I'm going to be tired, which means I'm going to be splitting my attention, which means you're not going to get the best employee out of me for this pay rate. But if you want a hundred percent of me, this is the pay rate that I need. No, it's nothing against this company at all. I love it here, but this is just the reality of my situation. And that's so great, Annie, like that. I applaud that. That is so lovely. And many of us have found ourselves in that situation. I feel like just now we are really into a new era of really creating that space for all of us to feel comfortable saying like, hey, frankly, I can't live off of that. Yeah. And that's bottom line. Like yeah. so many, including myself, have had to, had to take only, like, for example, I'm only working um, at my stage for four days a week um, because I need the other three days not to rest, but to make up whatever money I need to make up yep. to be okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. I had uh, student loan debts to pay off that I was able to pay off and things like that, that I'm still trying to, you know, get up on my feet. I had to buy a car and, and, you know, we're just, we all have our own things. Mm -hmm. Um, and in order to make it happen and be okay, we have to work. Yeah. I do believe in working now. Also, another thing is like, yes, taking short breaks and enjoying your time, but we're never, it's good to work when we can and are able to, if we have to, if you don't have to work, yeah. live it up, man. Do like, whatever is best for you. <laughs> yeah. But if you do have to work, know that we're only going to be feeling best now. Okay. <laughs> we are at our youngest right now that we will ever be from here on out. And it's important to remember that, you know, we are working hard and we acknowledge that and we celebrate each other for doing that. But we do that in order to have a great payoff at the end of the day and, and, you know, retire, go live out yeah. your life, whatever it is. And I don't forget, do live in the middle of working, right. but do work. <laughs> and I feel like for a lot of artists and creatives, this maybe comes a little bit more naturally than some other areas, because as an artist and a creative, you truly are 
just running your own business all the time, yeah, all you the are. time. When you're a performer, you are the business. It, even Correct. if you're contracted to other people, you are the business. You have to run all of that stuff and that you kind of get thrown right into that. I don't necessarily think that a lot of colleges are doing great at preparing the, <laughs> their uh, their students for that aspect of, of that career path, um, which is part of the reason that this podcast exists because I think that sharing this info for anyone that maybe is going to graduate soon or start their career path maybe needs to hear some of this stuff because it's just not part of a regular curriculum but know that like we are all just creative entrepreneurs that's what we are whether we like it or not that is what we are yeah it's a business that you are constantly whether you recognize it or not like selling you are your own business you are doing your best at that gig and you are ultimately making connections and networking to whomever is gonna hand you your next paycheck you know whoever notice your artistry and your talent and is going to want your product which is you you. (laughs) yeah it's very (laughs) it's a very high stakes career that any artist has chosen but when you when you uh, work hard at it and you put in the extra effort to get some extra education, it really, really can pay out, pay off. But specifically, if you are learned to or are able to advocate for yourself, that is the only way that you can be successful. That is the key aspect of it. Right. For sure. I agree wholeheartedly. Um, so to wrap things up, I want to ask you what, with all the experience that you've had now, with all this time that you've been in the industry, what would you tell you starting off in the career? What is this like one key bit of information that you would tell little baby Ashley (laughs) that's just about to delve into this career path? I think I would say bet on yourself. Yeah. I would bet, bet on you. Um, what each of us have as individuals is so unique and that's not a bad thing I remember saying things in college like I just don't think I have the sound they are looking for but who am I to say what they're looking for or how I could affect that project by bringing my talent into it you know so really just betting on yourself and trusting that you have worked hard on mastering your talent and you will continue to do so through the years. You will never stop learning and to allow yourself to know that whatever you have to offer, regardless of how unpolished it might seem or how unfinished of a product it might look like or feel like to you, you do have talent and you do have something to offer and you have to bet on yourself because if you don't believe in your own talent it's going to take others a much longer time to see it when you don't see it yourself that is such good advice that's so good thank you so much for meeting with me this morning and with chatting with me and talking to me all about your your creative career and for being a working artist yeah thank you again for creating this space for people. I think this is extremely helpful and what a lovely tool to give others, you know, who might find themselves in the same situation or just starting off or later on in their careers that are wanting to change paths and 
to for them to know and understand that it's never too late and that you do have to bet on yourself but that you have it that you do have to believe in yourself and go for it you you are equipped and what you have to offer is important and deserves to be there, there it is <laughs> you the whole podcast without them working well thank you so much again thank you i'm gonna let you finish off your day since apparently my dogs have decided that it's the end of this situation. (laughs) Uh, Have a great rest of your day, Ashley. For having me.